You're listening to Voice Memos, the show about two longtime friends who have informative yet brief discussions about multitudinous topics. If you want to go deep into a topic, this is not the podcast for you. We keep it shallow. Now, please welcome your hosts, Jen and Myron. Yo! What? I don't see any pigs flying outside. I don't see hell opening up. All I know is that I was on time today. <laughs> that is amazing. I, um, as all the Bachelor rejects say before they reject it, I am so glad to be on this journey with you. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of The Bachelor, are you going to watch the golden one? I cannot wait for... When does it start? I think it starts in... Um, uh, I think it's a week from now. It's, okay. um, I, you know, you may not remember this, but I'm hoping um, that the Golden Bachelor is like Thurston Howe the <laughs> Third From Gilligan's Island? <laughs> Isn't he 70? Isn't that seventy? <laughs> yeah, so so the golden bachelor, Je- oh Jerry, oh Jer, Jer. So it's Jerry G E R R Y. Jerry oh. Turner is seventy two years old. Damn. Yes, he's seventy two years old, and he looks he's well tanned, and his hair is done really well. And I guess he, you know he's a widow. Because, you know, they wouldn't want any uh, divorce issues popping up, ex-wife issues. So they made sure they got a widow. And he, his his uh, his bachelorettes are from, I think the youngest one I saw was maybe 64. Okay, so they're not bringing in like 20 and 30-year-olds. They're not bringing in babies. No, they, they're bringing in 64. And I think the oldest is... I saw was 73, I think. So 75, I'm sorry. So 75. So all age appropriate, right? 72 okay. years old. So age appropriate. And yeah, so he's got a he's he's got a good pick. I mean, I, I saw I saw the bachelorettes and you know, there's you know, there's some there's some silver, some silver fox women up in there. <laughs> I was too young to try out. <laughs> Where you? Where finally, you? <laughs> finally, I've been waiting a decade to say that. <laughs> yeah, he's got some. Um, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I, I just want to see the same. Now, I should say I haven't watched The Bachelor Bachelorette since Krista was on there, like maybe season one. It's been a long yes. time. Right? She's still with that guy too. She's still married to that uh, firefighter. It, Really, I didn't yes. know that. I remember they got, I remember they got married, but I didn't know they were still married. And then you know there was that other lady. She was Latina, and she was with the guy. I think he was a white guy. They got married too. I wonder if they're still married. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was on a bachelor. That was like half. That I don't know. Maybe it feels like it feels like it was yesterday, but it was probably like ten years ago. Yeah, um, it was. That was way more than ten years ago. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, they're still together, and I feel like there's another couple still together. But yeah, Krista was the original, the first bachelorette. 
Uh, right, because she she got rejected on The yes. Bachelor. Yes. Right. That's yeah. right. And I, I was trying to tell, I was telling my daughter, Krista was bigger. All the stories. Krista gets married. Krista has a wedding shower, a baby shower, a new house. That lady was everywhere for a while. Everywhere. And what's interesting about that, like, okay, so you think about <clears throat> she was the first bachelorette. She was rejected. She gets married. They have kids and everything together. And we, if you talk about bachelor or bachelorette, what's interesting is the amount of people that are like bachelor nation that you, they can tell you every season, every couple. Then you've got the spinoffs like Bachelor in Paradise, uh, Bachelor Gets yes. Married, I don't know, all the other shit that comes with it. But man, it's very similar to talking to somebody and really pissing off somebody that when you say baby Yoda, right? And the, everybody that everybody, everybody that says he's not a baby. So right. and his name is Groku. He's not baby Yoda. Like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. I'd be like, shut up. It's it's baby Yoda. <laughs> and that's how people are about Bachelor Nation. Like it is a community of people that just know everything about it. And if you say you don't watch it, they can't even comprehend the fact that you don't watch it. Isn't that wild? You know what? So it's funny you say that because, like I said, I haven't watched it since Krista. I, I probably pop, popped into a couple episodes here or there through the years, you know. But but my daughter began watching it with her aunt oh. and I think her mom. And so that's like their, their hate watch thing, like just to like be part of the little community and, you know, pick out the you know, the awful, awful bachelor. They like the bachelorette better than the bachelor because they like to see the the guys. And they have this whole thing about, you know, what everybody knows, the the the, the tropes with the guys. Because, you know, there's always, you know, the, the slimy guy and the guy who says, all the guys who gang up on the one guy to tell the lady he's not here for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the guy is... <laughs> The guys whose ex-girlfriend shows up, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You're not wrong. So, I, yeah, I so wonder, I'm, hoping, I, I'm hoping for all that malarkey with the older people. I want I want these ladies in the hot tub. I want them playing volleyball, all that little random stuff they do. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like you're in my head, because I was just going to say, are they going to be um getting drunk and saying that they're gonna burn the house down if they don't get a rose that night. <laughs> <laughs> and then a group of them ganging up on the one lady and saying that she's trashy, not classy. <laughs> trashy, not classy. And then or will they say, you know what? I just immediately when I saw him, I knew I was love at first sight. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then I was speculating, okay, look, he is a widower, right? So of, of these women, I think there's about 15 or 20 of them or something. There's going to be a few of them who are also widowers. Okay. So he's going to have an instant bond with some of them. And then there's going to be some who maybe like one or two who've never been married. And then there will be a couple who were recently divorced. And then there will be, you know, one, there, there'll have to be like one or two crazy ones. And so it'll have to be somebody that, because they always have like the one bachelor or bachelorette who is just like way out there. And I think it's going to be one that like 
she sells Lululemon or something like that. It's gonna be just totally batshit crazy. <laughs> and she'll be or, a total. She'll be not that there's anything wrong with it, but she'll be totally into Pilates. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? So so I'm looking on their website. Leslie, sixty four, from Minneapolis, Minnesota, fitness instructor. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It's so yeah. good because there's a yeah, I, yeah. So I, anyway, to answer your question, I'm looking forward to the Golden Bachelor. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna give it a whirl as long as I don't have to watch commercials. So if it's gonna be on Peacock or something like that, perfect. Because then you know I'm commercial free. But if I have to get through the commercials, that's gonna because that turns it turns an yeah. hour show into two hours. Yeah, you know I, I'll catch it. I'm going to just record it, but oh. even if I even if I don't, I think it'll stream the next day on Hulu. But I got I got that cheap ghetto Hulu where I still get commercials. Like it don't Me even too. matter. Seven ninety nine a month, and you know, <laughs> people still record shit. I still record stuff like like I record um, all those housewives. Although we tend to watch those on Peacock as well, but okay. some I record too. But yeah, yeah, I do it both. Wow. Okay. So last week we had a couple things that we we're going to come back and talk about. Oh, do you, oh, well, do you remember what they were? Heck no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we were <laughs> we were talking about maybe your daughter coming for first like time in college, and then how um, Ileana is doing at school. We talked a little bit about that last week. Oh yeah. So my daughter's in college now, and one of the one of the great feelings for me as a parent of a of a kid who went through K through twelve was that I was no longer required to do homework, right? Like I, I was just it's like you graduate as a parent, you're so happy to be done with you know dealing with your kids' school and teachers, any kind of issues they have or or whatever, and so now she's in. Nice because you know she just has her professors, and so I do get to hear the stories. You know, professor, this or that we were studying this in class. But okay, I don't know this, but I am really happy that my daughter is in college because unlike high school K through twelve, I no longer have to do homework. I don't have to meet with uh, teachers or counselors or try to get into the the material and correct things. It's just she her professors and their stuff. It's like, I have graduated and I'm out of school. It is a wonderful so, feeling. So two people graduated and you don't have to write emails to the school about their curriculum. <laughs> nope, all done. Like I am done. Did you so get a diploma? Is, you know <laughs> you know what I did? I got her diploma and I took a picture with her little cap and gown. Like I did something. <laughs> Oh, you know, you so, were... then, so then, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no. I, I was gonna say, so then, Eliane, so she started work same time, high school, English, uh, special education, English, because she's a special education teacher. And, you know, it was a little rocky at first because the district, you, you know, it's like starting a new job, you don't get your emails. So if you don't get your email, you can't access certain company websites and, you know, all that kind of malarkey, all that IT stuff. 
I, so that, that kind of stuff was sketchy getting started. There was a lot of hiccups. But once she got that stuff in, it was probably into the second week, probably even the third week. She um she loves it. Like she's been doing her thing. I mean that that's what she does. She's a 15-year teacher, so um and she loves it. It's close to it's close to home. And she's already like doing all that extra kind of teacher stuff where, you know, they I don't know, you know, they're, they're reading books, classic books and She's making um, all these great slides and for the lesson plans and all that stuff. And, you know, so she's like in her little groove right now. And it's really nice because, you know, I still have most of the day to myself where, you know, folk are not like my daughter's at college. My wife to be is at work at school and I get to like just chill for a minute. So that's really nice. Wow. So she's she's settling in. Not only is she it's a new job for her, but I mean, opposite ends of the country, right? From New York right. to California, like two different worlds. They are not the same. They're not the same, sir. I mean, not at all. I mean, no. not at all, because, you know, Sacramento is, you know, Sacramento is small. Like Sacramento is small and, you know, you have to you need a car. And whereas in New York City, because she was in on Manhattan Island in Harlem, you don't need a car. Like everything is like a block away or two blocks at most. And then the, you use the subway for everything. So and if you need to go further, if you don't want to use a subway, you can always, you know, catch an Uber or Lyft or something. But in Sacramento, you need a car because everywhere, you know, and then our heat, our heat is is brutal. And New York isn't like that, although it does get hot there and it has humidity. Here it just you know you know how it is. You come outside at four or five in the afternoon. It's like my God, that heat just hits you. Um, but yeah, so she's had to do a big adjustment because her family is all back there. And I was telling her, I go, look, these are the hardest things for Americans to do: um, get a new job, move, get married, have a baby, process um, a death or something. And so she's doing three of them: moving, getting married, getting a new job. And that move is cross country. So that's a lot to take on. And like you said, leaving all your, leaving your entire life, like your family or everything. So, so yeah, it's been a big adjustment for it. And you know what, but it's, I don't know, you know, cause I've moved cross country before and it is a big adjustment and it could be isolating sometimes, but I got some good advice from a cousin of mine before I left California. And I told that to Elliot too. I'm like, actually, I, I saw this guy um, not long ago, and we talked about that great advice he gave me. And it was when you move somewhere away from your home, the best thing you could do is work to appreciate where you are and not compare everything to how it was back home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just because it's not bad. I mean, you know that too, because you moved cross country. Just, yes. You got to lean into where you are. And she's doing that. She's doing. I, I think. I think. I think she's doing a pretty good job at it, and um, and I, I think she's enjoying it. And I, I think it really worked out that it's towards the tail end of summer, you know, where even though from like eleven to seven or so, it's hot still. It's cooling off overnight, and before you know it, we'll have normal weather in the seventies again. <laughs> I love it. Like to think, you know, if you're sitting by a pool in this, the sun doesn't feel as hot as it does when it's July, of course, because, 
you know, starting to go into, into fall, but man, I, you know me, I prefer this over snow and or rain. So um, bring it on. I don't care. And so, so now she, because your daughter is in college and because um, Ileana is there and you have one car and you're giving your car to your daughter, you are now out car shopping. How is that going? Let me tell you something. So I thought I would do what a lot of people do, right? So I go online and I had an idea what I wanted because I, you know, I, I, I purchased a lot of Toyotas in my life, seven Toyotas as a matter of fact. And I thought, well, I'm going to get another Toyota. I'm going to see what I want. Because I've had my last three have been Priuses. Although I did have a Lexus for a little while. So, but then I see this car. You know how Toyota has the Camry and the Avalons? Yes. Well, they sort of don't have brand new Avalons anymore, I discovered. They they are starting to sell a car called the Toyota Crown, which they which is big in Japan and a few other places. This is a really nice car. So I went online, you know, I did the basic stuff. I looked it up and you can go to the website. You can build the model you want and all the features and accessories and stuff. And then you can ask for a quote. And I got some text messages from a dealer, a couple of dealers. And they're very nice. They're very responsive. And they could see, you know, what I built online. And they were like, you know, inviting me to come. So finally I, was, I told one, I would go, okay, yeah, you know, I'll go, you know, so whatever time it was, and they would confirm and say, oh, congratulations, or set you up with a, uh, a meeting with our VIP manager and just come on in and blah, blah, blah. So I go to an appointment and Eliana and my daughter are with me. And you know, you know how it is when you drive up to the, um, you park in a car dealership, the vultures are there. Right? Yes. And so I did what the lady, what the the person on the text said. I said, "Oh, you know, here's my name, and I have an appointment." And then the guy was like, "Well, I can help you." And I go, "Well, I was told to see the you know the manager, so I want to see the manager. Like, just that, that's what I want to see." So he goes, "I say, so can you get the manager?" So he's like, "Okay." So then, about five minutes later, he comes back and says, "Okay, I saw you know what you put online, and I'm going to help you." I go, but where's the manager? Like, what happened to, like, that process that was explained to me? So at this point, I'm already annoyed because it was that thing that, you know, in sales, they set my expectations that one thing was going to happen, and then that thing didn't happen, mm -hmm. right? And so then I said, well, no, I, I want to talk to the manager. And, and I didn't mean that like an escalation. I just wanted, I said, this is what I was promised, so that's what I want. So then the manager comes, comes out, John, I know he never says his name to me. And John says, okay, I'm the manager. So I go, hey, John, how come you didn't come out anyway? Because that's what I was, that's what I was promised. And um, something about that doesn't sit right with me. And he goes, well, we have an up system. And then the guy proceeds uh -huh. to explain how they decide which salesperson out in the parking lot gets the sale. As if I care, right? Yeah. As if I care. Yeah. And then, and, and I go, okay, well, that doesn't really mean anything to me, but he goes, well, Andrew here is my VIP manager. And I'm like, oh my God. So now they're just like, just throwing out stuff. Oh. And so and he goes, he will help you. And I go, well, you know, this should have been handled a little differently. Because now I'm thinking there's some kind of monkey business going on, some switcheroo, because I had this really good conversation online. And now 
it's, it's a struggle to get what we what we had set up. So he goes, okay, well, Andrew can help me. He didn't really offer an apology or anything like that. I don't know if he had to, but if I'm in issues, I get my arms around that, right? I, I And I was telling my daughter this, and Eliana, I go, you know, what he should have said was, I'm sorry for the mix-up. Um, I'm going to start this process with you. And Andrew is an expert on these cars, so I'll leave you with him, and I'll come back before it's all over. Anything like that, just show some ownership. So dude walked away. So I'm annoyed, but I go, okay, you know, let me just go through this. So we look at the car. You know, the car they said that was there, he, he immediately took me to the highest end car that they had, right? And I said, well, that's not the one that I said I was coming to see. I was coming to see this other one. He goes, okay, well, that was out in the lot outside. And I go, that's fine. Like, I can breathe air. I'm a human. Yes, I can nice go outside. <laughs> Yeah, it's 85 degrees, motherfucker. Like, what? <laughs> so we go outside. We get to the car. It's locked. He doesn't have the key, Ugh. right? And so now I'm thinking, because, you know, we, we've been sales salespeople for so long. I'm thinking, well, he wasn't really prepared, but maybe he's a new sales guy. You know, shit happens. Like, that. okay, there's no big deal. So we get the car up, and we do, we do all that, and then we go back inside. Well, no, we're starting to go inside. And I go, well, there's another one over there. What's that one? And he goes, oh, that's that was lowering. You don't want to see that. And I go, well, actually, I do. So we go see that one. And so you see, I'm struggling to get through the process, right? Yeah. And so we finally go in and I go, look. And I say, Andrew, I'm going to talk to you alone. You know, not with my daughter and my fiance. Yeah. And, I, and I say to him, I say, look, I would like to walk out of here with a car tonight. So I have, you know, 10, 15, 20. And I want to get a good price on the car outside, right? And he goes, okay. So he walks, you know, he does the walk away to the manager, this Bob or John guy. And then he comes back with it, you know, that sheet of paper and he puts it down and he goes, my manager says, this is as low as we would go. No, we. this is the MSRP, Manufacturer Suggested Retail Price. Here's our invoice. He will go $500 over the invoice and not lower than that. And then, no. Yeah, so he puts the paper down and goes, that price right there. I go, this price right here. He goes, well, $500 over that. And I go, but why didn't you put that on the piece of paper? Like, why do I have to do a calculation in my mind? <laughs> right? And so I go, okay. You know, so we, we, I, we talk through that. And I go, well, that's a little bit much. So what I'd like to do is is come down, you know, I was like another two thousand dollars. So it wasn't it wasn't much. Uh, I said because we had worked out online the exact car features, accessories I wanted, and you confirmed online you had that ex everything exactly like we talked about. But it turns out you don't, and so you want me to buy this other car, which I could probably make it work, but come down. And so he goes, well. My manager's not going to do that. And I go, well, you're answering for him. So why don't you go ask him? And he goes, he's just going to say no. And I go, okay, then have him say no. And so and so he goes back to his manager. Now, we're sitting at a little table. And this is a Toyota. We're sitting at a little table. And John, the manager, goes walking by. And like within about... 18 inches of us. They so pass by, never looks at us, never, nothing. 
he just walked by with his nose in the air like we weren't even there. And walked back the other way. Like nothing at all. No interaction or anything. And then, again, I'm thinking as a, as a salesperson, you know, and I'm the manager, I'm trying to get this sale. I come to these people and say, hey, Andrew told me you want to work, you know, a different place or something. I can't do that, but here's what I can do. You know, anything like that. Like something, right? Or even if he just said, hey, Thank you for your patience. I'm just running to check one more thing. I have a murder answer to you. Just come up. Thanks for hanging with anything like that. He could have done anything. Something. That dude said, I contact you and walked right by. And it was at that moment I said, and and my little family with me, we all agreed we weren't, I wasn't going to buy from him. Like at all. Like it, it, it was over. So when the guy, the sales guy came back to me, he said, this is his final deal. I go, okay, well, I'm going to tell you that I'm not going to buy. Like I was going to buy. I had this money to put down. I was hoping to walk out of here in an hour and a half with a car, but this has been a very uh, bad experience. So I'm going to go. He goes, okay, thank you. And that was it. Uh. And sir, that car was $40,000, Child, I can't. So I know, I know you didn't stop there. <laughs> so... So, so with the dinner, we talked about everything. And let me tell you something. I was telling Elias today. I felt bad that my daughter had to witness that. Yeah. Right? Because you want, you know, young people to have a positive outlook on things. And you want to show them, you know, how to do things and this kind of stuff. And I didn't want to say it to her, but she and Elian picked up on it that there was a racial component to all this. Like it was, it was very definite. It was very clear, but I didn't want to say that. And so they both picked up on it and brought it up. And they by by John, the manager, John was dismissive. And, you know, and look, so, you know, I, it's, it's hot. I'm in some shorts, you know, sneakers. I got a, uh, a Oakland A's jersey on. Maybe he just thought I was a bum and wasn't going to buy a car. I don't know, but whatever it was. And I, you know, I, it, it seemed pretty obvious to, to us. He didn't care, you know, $43,000 walked out the door or whatever that, you know, whatever that number was and didn't care. So I did. So I went back to the internet person and I gave them the feedback and then I Google reviewed them as well. And I'm going to Yelp review them as well, because you know what, this is the business you're in. And as I said, when I started this long story, I, I have purchased seven Toyotas and I let them know that, you know, I bought all these toys. I, I, I like Toyota cars. Like I understand how they work. Understand how they break down, how they get repaired, the cost. It's just very simple for me. But man, I, I tell you, that was that was the like one of the top two worst car buying experiences I, I think I ever had. Wow, that's that's terrible. I mean, I don't know. In this market, people don't got people don't got people do not have, you know, wads of cash to be walking around having, you know, saying, here, I'm going to put cash down like that. It's funny because we are in a country in which people are making more money than they ever had in their life, but still not able to make ends meet. Right, right. It's insane to me to think, to, to think, okay, here comes this person who is going to pay cash. Like we don't even have to worry about financing unless it's right. a little bit of financing. That it would be the easiest sale, and I would be. And no one's knocking on doors right now to buy a bunch of cars. So right. that is a shitty, shitty experience. 
I, and so I, I, I knew you would get it as a salesperson that, you know, there are sales that you have to work for. And there are some lay down sales that just walk in the door. Like you said, I got money. I got good credit. I want to walk out of here with the car. I mean, how easy is that? And, and I know the car I want. We worked it out online. You said it was here exactly as I, you know, we worked out online. And the moment I get there, the process is janky. They take me to a different car, the highest price car. I have to ask for the one that I originally wanted. And it still wasn't that. And, you know, just every step of the way, every step of their sales process was broken. Every step. Yeah. And that, and like you said, like their entire job is to sell cars. <laughs> That's it. That's what they're there for. That's how they make their livelihood. Right. Like that is literally the only thing they do is sell cars. The, 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 the dealer buys them from Toyota, you know, and they got all their signs up, you know, uh, dealer of excellence and all this kind of crap they have up there. That's their only job. And yet, at it was probably about 4, 4.30 in the afternoon that we got there, 4 o'clock or something. I think we were gone by, I don't know, 4.30, 4.45. Just, yeah. they, just walked, they just walked me out the door. I mean, they were, we always used to teach people, and I still teach people this, that you you talk yourself out of a sale. They literally talk themselves out of a sale. Crazy, huh? Crazy. I can't, you know, yeah, I'm sorry you had to deal with that, sir. That just doesn't make, that doesn't make logical sense to me. You know, logical thinking is, it, I, I, I heard this story when you think about logical thinking. So, this is a true story and I'm going to probably give some, I'm probably going to be missing some components of this story, okay. but to, it, it'll sum up nicely in regards to just people being morons. So there was a gentleman, he was going to rob a bank and he robbed two banks in, in um, one day. And he walked in without no, like, no mask on, nothing, no hat, nothing. Walked in, clear as day, even winked at the camera, right? Yeah. Okay, so this robber had heard a story. He believed that rubbing your face with lemon juice would make you disappear. <laughs> no, no, here, here's where the plot thickens. So he takes a Polaroid picture. He put, rubs his face. And if anybody wants to do the research on it, we can, I, I'm sure I can find it. He rubs the lemon juice on his face and then takes a Polaroid picture. Well, in the Polaroid picture, he just, he wasn't, you couldn't see his face because of the lemon juice, but something with the camera, not because of the lemon juice. Right. So they <laughs> find the guy within an hour and a half, right? Because he's on camera. And legitimately the guy said i don't know even know how that's possible i had lemon juice i was wearing lemon juice like <laughs> legitimately thought that he was it is i forget the term that a psychologist said that someone is so moronic that they don't even know their own they don't even know how moronic they are like that, so that, that, that's that's like that's so unbelievable but it's, it's totally so believable because you know he just saw some crap on the internet somewhere. Yeah, and logical people would know 
oh, that's not, that can't be happening. And coincidentally, he takes a picture of himself. The Polaroid shows him not on the on the picture because of the Polaroid picture, not because of the lemon juice. But he was so, he thought this was, he thought this was so possible. And when he gets arrested, he says, that's, that's not even possible because I was wearing the lemon juice. That was his response. So to think, to think about people sitting in a car dealership, having a conversation, only there to sell a car, talking themselves out of selling a car, and then thinking, right. I tried to sell you the car, you just didn't want it. Yeah, right? And like we drive up, you know how car sales, they're all just standing there, all, you know, all those dudes, they're all just standing there chatting around, and I'm thinking, you know, it's, it's mid-month, y'all all got a quota. You got two weeks, right, to get, to, to get those numbers, and yo, my old boy Andrew just just didn't want to work at all. And I and I made it easy. That lazy son of a bitch didn't want to work. And his lazy-ass manager with his smug little self, John, sitting behind his little desk, probably playing solitaire. Like, he wasn't yeah. doing shit. Like, there was no other customers in there buying cars. He totally could have just, he totally could have said, Andrew, I'm going to be with you on this wholesale so we can just, we're going we're gonna to get this. We're going to get this sale, right? It's this our guy, one tonight. This, yes. Right, this guy went online. He's been texting back and forth with us for two days. We're going to lock this down. And that motherfucker sat his pillowy self in his little desk and didn't even bother to do a damn thing and, and, and let us walk. His pillowy self. <laughs> his face. <laughs> I mean, we are in, uh, yeah, we are in a state of, this country alone when we think about just the state that we are in in regards to um one capitalism and the rich getting richer and then those employees not being able to make ends meet although they're making the most money you've got um you've got act you still have active shooting drills at school um and then you have police officers in the city of Seattle laughing and joking when a young woman is hit by a car and killed. That that was one of the most horrific um, audios. There was a video to it too, but you, you just hear the audio that that I think I've ever heard. Like the the cops ran. I don't know if they ran the light, but they they hit her, and she died. And the cop is talking in his his cruiser. He's cruising along, talking to another cop about. The one cop tells him, yeah, you hit her. He's like, okay, yeah, whatever. And he, he says, yeah, she died. And they laugh about it. And then the guy that hit, hit her said, well, you know what? She was 26. She didn't have any value anyway. That's what they said. And, 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 and that's on audio. She was 26. She didn't have any value any value anyway. And they just, they're just laughing at it. And that girl was dead. Like, yeah. they, they ran her over. And you know what? Look. I, look, I, I look. I, I don't believe in a death penalty. Like, I'm, I'm not buying a lot. I know that. you do, but I do believe that in a case like that, her friends and family should each get one good kick or punch to that cop's body. Yeah. That's what I think. Like not to the head or face, but oh. somewhere in his to- from his toe to his neck to his shoulders. Wow, man, because that is life. that is the most callous vile thing and he, that he's a motherfucking police officer and he ran like he ran a light in 2018 so not only do these officers have 
they have worked their way up because of their cruelty, right? They have legitimately, yeah. I think one of them is a vice president of the Seattle Police Union, like the one that was uh, laughing. Like he's the head and has had many, he's had so many liabilities and payouts and yet he's like the VP of it. I don't, I can't, I cannot comprehend it. You know, I think I saw someone write that says, listen, doctors, uh, 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 truck drivers, um, nurses, they all have to have some sort of insurance in their field in case they kill somebody, right? Malpractice. You, in case you have, in case you kill somebody, you have to be insured. Doctors have to have, I mean, malpractice insurance. A police officer doesn't. Yeah, I, I think they should. And not only do they not have to have insurance, but they have that thing called qualified immunity, which basically means like you really can't sue them individually is, is essentially what that means. Like they don't have any culpability or personal responsibility if they just like some shit like that. And it's really awful because, you know, whether they kill someone, it's a mistaken identity or like those cops that shot and killed that pregnant girl. Right, um, a week or so ago, that pregnant lady, um, they just they shot her through her stomach and killed her. They, they killed her and her baby. And you know, you just go and 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 let me tell you something. Look, the first the first thing that when there's, when there's a, some cop violence like that, and and them laughing, them laughing about them laughing about killing that girl. She has no value and everything. The first statement put out by police is always a lie. It's always a lie. It's it's just PR. And the first thing the police will always put out is a version of this. You know, there was an interaction. The, 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 the person or a perpetrator was violent or acting erratically. The officer feared for their life and they discharged the weapon. And there's um, you know, a loss of life. Well, we support our officers and they were in danger and we're, we're doing an investigation. So the first thing they put out there is to let the public know that what they did was the right thing. That's always the first thing they put out there. And then if we look on the if we look on the back end, we know that you know the lawsuits take a long time um, to work their way through the court, um, and you don't get that information for sometimes years down the line. And so that those or those first statements get ingrained in the public that the police did nothing wrong and then the lawsuit settlements come years down the line um and it's just it's lost it's just lost in history and so we know that i think california like it's hundreds of millions of dollars a year that that police pay out in police brutality um lawsuits it's, it's so much, and but because it doesn't come from police unions or pensions or anything like that, it's just hidden. It, it's just a hidden tax, and they just get away with that stuff. It's a mess. It's a mess, and it continues to be a mess. It's just, it's like we are, we are our own worst enemies, and you have to be such a, you have to be such an advocate and continue to like if if you believe in something that should be changed and you want to build implemented or you want you have to 
scratch, claw, and climb to get something done in this country. It's very similar to, it was, I think it, I, I don't know, maybe I might not be pronouncing her name right, but it was Piquis Law, P-I-Q-U-I-S Law. So she was a mother that um, had a, an abusive ex-husband and the court did not, um, I guess the word, they didn't, they didn't, they refused to implement um, supervised visitation with her ex-husband that was abusive, and he ended up killing um, their five-year-old son. Brutal. And that mother fought and fought to put a law into place uh, about keeping family safe. I, I think it's called like Keeping Family Safe from Violence Act uh, that I think just got approved. Like, I don't know. It, it was, it was, I want to say 50 to one or 50 to zero, like everybody for the bill voted to pass this law, to put more regulations around abusive parents and the lack of supervised visits due to this poor woman losing her son to that, to he murdered his, his own son. So like that woman probably spent, I, I remember seeing that probably back in 2018, it's now 2023 and people get exhausted, right? It's like, it's a constant fight to get things that should already be in fucking place. Right. There should right. be police brutality. They they should already be taken away from their pensions the minute something like that happens. They should like we should have gun laws in place, but no, we have to continue. We continue to fight each other in this country, and by that I mean, you know, business, and we have to continue to fight to make things right. And it gets exhausting. I think people to a point that you and I've had in the past is that not only does it get exhausting, you start to become numb to it. You do become numb to it. You know, I think it was last year that the Washington Post did a, they did a really big deep dive into, you know, what it costs. And I think they looked at, I think it was a two-year period, 2000, or it was a one-year period in, in the year 2021. They found that there was a, there was um, just under $2 billion in payout for police brutality, $2 billion. And they broke it down by, um, it's almost like the 80-20 rule, that there were thousands of officers, like ten, like 12,000 or something, and 7,600 of those officers had at least two of the payouts, right? But another 3,500 had three or more of the payouts. And then there were 239 at 10 or more of the payouts. And so you get to where there is some truth to, there are some police officers who are the worst and, and cause most of the problems, right? That 20, 30% of them or whatever that number is. And it it was in a year, it was almost $2 billion. It was like 1.7, not two. It was like 1.7 or something. That's a lot of money. And, and, and many, or the vast majority of those payout cases, the cops just keep their job. And, and, if, and if you think of, like you were talking about all the other jobs, like doctors, dentists, who have like malpractice insurance and things like that, even like car mechanics have insurance, that kind of insurance. But if you think of just the jobs that you and I have held, that if we are responsible 
for the company losing money, right? And, and losing significant amounts of money. One time you could probably get away with it just if it's just a mistake or an error, sometimes. But when you have two, three, four, five, you are your ass is fired so fast. So fast. And don't let's not let's not forget that even employees, even if they don't get paid their meal breaks because maybe they just work through them, that lawsuits can endure and people can be paid out for that. Like I just I don't know. I think I'm just, I think you said the Washington Post came out with that. Yeah, last the Washington year. Post. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'll add the link in our show notes. It was from, let me look it up. It was, it was March 9th, 2022. This um, democracy dies in darkness. So it's just, it's just an excuse the hidden billion dollar cost of repeat, repeated police misconduct. So it's not just, brutality and murders just like a lot of things that they get called on and you know that that result in lawsuits and it's it's a really and they, and they, they pull out six very interesting stories you know why and how it happened and then they just go into you can put any city they have a little um a drop down chart you could put any city in there and see um the payouts and it's 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 just remarkable. And I wonder how that looks against the malpractice or um, do do teachers need to have some sort of insurance? No, they don't because they um, they're they're backed by their unions, and so if there is um, and and their school districts and their states and everything, and so if there's something that happens in a in a school, um, and most of the time it's going to be a student doing some crazy shit. It's not going to be teachers. Uh, unless you get to those private schools, that is a whole nother thing. But but generally, no, they're they don't have that. And and I want to correct it. It wasn't it wasn't um, a one year period. The Washington Post looked at a ten year period from from in most of the states, and they looked at forty thousand payments, um, twenty five different departments across the country, across like fifteen of the largest cities. And the payouts total three bill over three billion dollars. That's crazy. So I drilled down just like at let's look at Los Angeles because it's so goddamn big. And there's they have forty two percent of their officers were named in multiple payouts, and they have multiple lawsuits against them where the plaintiffs won. Forty two percent of their officers were involved in something like that, and it was sort of just for Los Angeles. It was two hundred fifteen million dollars and the payout they broke them down 94 million was for 95 million was for excessive force oh my god and you know what okay then you go well goddamn so even if you like you they lost the lawsuit you know how hard it is when a lawsuit against the cop yeah right a police department 94 million dollars in payouts but listen to this 72 million dollars and false arrest. False arrest. I mean, you got, and you, let me tell you something. If you got arrested falsely, you probably got your ass beat too. Yeah. Right? It's oh. so much so, you got a lawyer, you sued the department, You because can, you can't sue that individual cop. You sued the department, and they paid out. They were like, okay, we're going to make this go away, and they pay out. And then the cop, you know, maybe they get something in their file, but 
they're not getting fired. Like that's not happening. That's a lot, huh? Sure. It's okay. This is a very morbid discussion in regards to like children and pedophile, but teachers that have maybe had sex with their students and maybe let's use a 17 year old. It's still considered a pedophile, a teacher and a 17 year old underage. That teacher is fired. Absolutely, they're fired. They're like they're fired. fired. Like one incident, day. the next day they're fired. But yeah, you, you can get, put a yeah, cop. Yeah, right. You don't get multiple chances, you know, like cops do. Nothing like that. Nothing. And I and and that was cons- in this day in this situation. I'm going to say consensual, just because I, yes. I want. I don't want to think about a, a, a child, but 17 year old. The teacher's 23. Okay, not that it's right. They're still underage, but there's yeah. the 17 year old probably agreed to it. That teacher is going to be fired, and I think they lose all their pension. Um, I don't think they'll lose their pension because their pensions are protected by law, okay. Okay. but they're going to lose their job. And that's, and that's true all over the country. Like, like you, they can't escape that. Like if there's some type of, um, cause they're, because it's, it's harassment, it's power dynamic, it's, it's illegal and they're going to lose their job and they have strong unions like cops, but unlike cops, the teachers union is like, they might, they might say there has to be an investigation Right. And then that has to be worked out. But they're they're going to be fired. Like you cannot be in the classroom when those when that stuff comes out. But cops, man, look, they go be patrolling. They go be they can do all that stuff. They ain't nothing be laughing happen. in a car because they know they feel they're like they feel untouchable. Like I, you can't as a teacher that has that on their record, they can't go to another state and get a job. Right. Right. It's right. You can't. And. And cops, you can't. You there was there was there was a police. I can't. I wish I can remember the city. It was just in the news um, where this this cop. I think it was a sheriff. Um, he hired. I want to say a little city. I think it's in California too. A little city of you know maybe five thousand people. This guy hired like two hundred and fifty cops for this tiny little city, and. I think the vast majority of the cops have been fired somewhere else. Oh my god! Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Oh, see, and and people want to, <laughs> and people want to know why we're angry here, right? Like, and I think they, I think the city, I think the city finally, like they, I don't know, I think they suspended the chief or something like that because they were like, it, it hit the news. And it was just like, what the hell is going on? Why does this little city have a police force of 250 police officers? Like, it was crazy. And that and that sheriff, you know, that sheriff, man, once he got exposed, they found that guy at TikTok videos. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> man, it's just like, look, if you in a public job like that, don't be making TikTok videos because that yeah, shit will get exposed. Okay. <laughs> take away that guy's phone you know it's funny too because think about okay you think about people that are that are also on the hot seat oprah and oprah's on the hot seat i don't know if you've heard about oprah being on the hot seat with the whole maui fires so she is getting so much backlash first of all she wrote a book about how to be happy right how to be okay. happy when people in this society where people are unfucking unhappy because 
they can barely live, literally can barely afford to put food on their table. And she's like, it's a personal choice to be happy, right? So of course, during the Maui fire, her and Rock get on and make some sort of, uh, make some sort of, hey, we're here, you know, because of course, Oprah's house wasn't touched at all in the fires, nothing, no burnt down. She's on, she's on that same island uh, asking for donations to raise $10 million. Bitch, you probably can tip somebody $10 million and not even realize that money is gone. You're asking hard working Americans to pay and help Maui, which people did. But how dare the audacity is very similar to Jeff Bezos having the monetary um, abundance to stop homelessness but he chooses not to. Oprah chooses not. She could give a billion dollars to that whole community, rebuild homes, rebuild businesses, and still not impact her life at all. Yes. You know, that's that thing that um, sometimes you see these memes going around that there's no reason that a billionaire should exist. Yeah. Because you cannot be a billionaire without having exploited people somehow some way it just there's really no way to do it and and not only oprah but maui is filled with billionaires filled that it's it they're maui Kauai are filled with not only american but billionaires from all over the world and so while i think um oprah should and I, I don't know her finances. I don't know how much she's given and you know, asking for money and all this kind of stuff. Like, I get it. But at the same time, if it were me, I would have said, hey, I'm going to rally all my billionaire friends on this island and we're going to get some shit done, right? I'm not going to ask the public. I'm going to ask my billionaire friends. But I'll also say this. There is one, maybe two Black female billionaires in this country, Oprah and and Beyonce, right? And Oprah gets way more shit than the 2,000 white male billionaires in this country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? I so, right? So, it's imbalanced. Like, I know she gets her share of shit because she's Oprah, right? She's yeah. Oprah, she's famous, but Larry Ellison owns half the island over there. He and Mark Zuckerberg bought an island. I think he was trying to buy, buy an island over there. And there's a couple thousand U.S. white male billionaires. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, so it shouldn't fall on Oprah. No. I, her shoulders alone. I, I hear what you're saying. I just I, no, that's I a don't good, like that's a That's a valid, good point. And I think the only reason why I bring Oprah up is because, yes, she's using her platform to get people she's the most vocal about it her and the rock and i think in the instability of 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 our country financially and people like i think 40 40 million americans are now in poverty that increased from like 2020 um so 40 million americans that percentage increased just in two years so you think the perception and yes, it's Oprah. If if Beyonce would have got on there and probably started talking about raising money, people would have gave her shit. If Mark Zuckerberg got up and said, we're raising money, getting on TikTok and Instagram live saying, hey, we're going to raise money, people would have given them the same shit. Like, 
dude, why don't you just contribute? Why are you asking Americans? So I think my thought process is because she put herself out there using her platform, but got a lot of backlash because she brought awareness to the fact that billionaires were asking for money. Yeah, I think that I, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. And, and, I, and, you know, I, I really hate I really hate that we have to rely on whether it's her or whether it's me, like whether I say, hey, like I want to do a GoFundMe for yes. the, 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 the people in Hawaii or I want to do a GoFundMe for my neighbor because, you know, they're going through surgery their insurance won't cover it. Or like Eliane will put out her her teacher needs list to her followers on social media because she needs things in her classrooms. And, and even her followers will always buy her stuff. But I hate the fact that regular people have to do that. Yes. Like we're a country <laughs> built on, we have to we have to do GoFundMes for people to get their medical bills paid. Like legitimately Americans are paying for other Americans to stay alive and not like be smothered in debt. Yes, it just, it doesn't make sense. Because, you know, I was thinking about, um, you know, uh, Florida. There was just a hurricane. I think it was in Alabama or somewhere like that, off the East Coast or something like that. And, you know, when there was a hurricane uh, a few years ago in Puerto Rico, Republicans voted against giving them aid, right? And then... A few years before that, when it was a uh, uh, the hurricane hit New York City, they refused to give New York City aid and listen to those those stupid evangelicals say it was God's punishment. Every time every time tragedy hits a democratic state, it's God's punishment. Like that's what they say, like bullshit, like that. And then even when we had our fires, when Donald Trump was president out in California, we had our fires. He delayed as long as he could before aid was finally approved. And that's the time when he said we ought to be sweeping our forests. <laughs> and when he was in Puerto Rico, that's when he was throwing paper towels at people. And he wasn't even in he wasn't even in the Puerto Rico that was damaged. He was in the wealthy area of Puerto Rico, one little community center with wealthy people. And he was throwing paper towels and then he got out of there. But my my but my bigger point is it shouldn't be up to regular everyday people to have to fix things that we have government that should fix these things. It's ridiculous. And we have the money to do it. That's the and other we, issue. Like right, we have, right. We have it. And we, do, we don't. Corporations have, they could pay their employees more. They can give better insurance. We have it. They're just choosing not to. Greedy motherfuckers choosing not to. So, whoo, child, we talked about a lot today. We even get to the, we got to a couple shows that we are going to watch when they come out. Um, I know we're almost up on our time. Tell me what you're watching. So I've been watching some really good things. Excuse me. So I saw, and this is for your mother and sister and everybody else who loves rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> we watched the rom-com on Netflix called Love Again. And it is with Priyanka Chopra Jones. I saw that. And Celine, Celine is in it. And it is really good. Look, it's a rom-com, right? Yeah. Excuse me. And, but it's better than Hallmark or Lifetime. Okay. 
And Celine Dion has a big part in the movie. Like she's like the uh, probably like the second or the third most important person in the movie. Okay, wait a minute. You can't say Celine. She's not Cher. You have to say Celine Dion. I was like, who is he talking about? So Celine Dion's in there. Okay. After watching her, I was like, you know, we're like besties now. <laughs> so it was really good. So Celine, Celine Dion is really good in the movie. So it's Love Again. That's on Netflix. And then. Um, we are watching the finals of America's Got Talent. You know, when they oh. start voting off people. Yep. So that's happening. It's pretty cool. And then Eliana and I are watching on oh, uh, uh, America's Got Talent is on NBC and Peacock. And then uh, Ashoka, which is on Disney Plus, which is in the Star Wars universe. So we're oh, watching gosh. that. Okay. It's very cool. Very, a whole lot of fun. And I think that's an episode, I think episode four came out, yes, five came out yesterday. And then, of course, we're watching all the Housewives shows on Bravo. Yes. Yes. And, and and the reunions. So I just, like, started learning about these reunions. Those reunions are batshit crazy. Atlanta, man, is all the book. Atlanta, Lord. Look, so I just learned that the thing to do in the reunion is to bring some receipts or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, like from behind your back, right? <laughs> this, yeah, this, lady, this lady brought a newsletter that she had made on Windows 85. <laughs> and every article, every article she wrote was about her arch rival on the show. It was... <laughs> I thought this 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 petty this petty petty lady. Oh my god! Okay, so there's that, and then I'm watching this show. I listened to this podcast a couple of years ago, and now there's a show, thirty minute episodes on uh, Prime. It's called The Horrors of Dolores Roach. Oh, yes, it's about this lady who gets out of jail. She goes back to her old neighborhood. And through flashback, we find out why she went to jail. So it's sort of a comedy, but it's also horrific. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's some crazy stuff. And then... Like the um, swarm? Uh, yeah, but funnier than that, not like the okay. swarm. It's, it's more about... She's, a, she's like a mass murderer, but it's like how she kills them. That's both horrific and funny. Okay, okay, I like it. Yeah, the horizon of Dolores Roach. And then um, um, also on Netflix, I finally got around, I just started watching season three of Dairy Girls. Dairy? So, like, like milk and dairy? Uh, okay. Yeah, like dairy, not like milk, like D-E-R-R-Y. Oh. <laughs> so, it's, yeah, it's these, it's these uh, high school, it's four high school girls and a high school boy, and they're in Dairy, Ireland. Oh, yes. And so with these thick Irish accents and stuff, and it's just their exploits. So it's sort of like a sitcom, but it's batshit crazy. But it's it's very funny. Um, so just so it's only three seasons. They're all on Netflix, and the season is only like seven episodes, but it's very funny. And then two movies on Disney Plus, Elemental, which was surprisingly really good. Like it's a Pixar movie. It is really good. It's better than they advertised. And then um, uh, two other movies. And two other movies just came out of Disney. The, the Little Mermaid is on Disney. You need to watch it. It's fantastic. And then also 
the final um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. Okay. I did watch The Little Mermaid, so loved it. Loved all of it. it it's so good. So, wow, that, you had a busy week. Very, I finally got sent in with Elian here and her school schedule. I can start watching TV again like a gangster. <laughs> <laughs> like a gangster. I um, watched the selling uh, of OC. So, very similar to Selling Sunset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's eight episodes. I finished that shit. A lot of drama in there. Uh they annoy the shit out of me. But to see the houses just blow my mind. Like that's to the be fun able part. To... I, I, I need to watch that because I know they are like vapid, they ain't dumb, just stop. But the houses are to die for. To die for. Like to sink it. To to go in and be okay, I'm gonna buy this house for twenty seven million dollars. It's it's incredible. Right. So I I watched that. I started. I did the first season of Russian Doll with um, Natasha. Uh, oh, Leon. Leon, yes. Um, that's an interesting concept because she keeps dying over and over again. So yes, I yeah. told you years ago about that motherfucker. It's so good. <laughs> I finished, I think I finished season one, so I gotta be, do season two. Of course, The Real Housewives and The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City came back. This one is going to be drama filled because fucking Mary's back. I, I already can't stand her. Yes, Mary, I, I, that lady is, you know what? She is, she is stunted emotionally. I, I don't get it. She doesn't have, she doesn't, she's never signed a social pro contract of how you should act in public, how you should treat people, nothing. She right. is stunted. So she's back she on there. Um, I'm watching The Shy, which I love, love, love. That's on Showtime. There's six seasons. This is, I think this is the sixth season. I just love The Shy. It's based in Chicago. Um, so enjoying that. Uh, also, Big Brother this season is really good, so I'm enjoying. It's the 25th season of Big Brother, so oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm all over that. And then I can't wait. It's already loaded. Third season of The Morning Show. Oh, yeah, that came back. Yeah, so I gotta start that. Yeah, yeah I'm excited about The Morning Show. I just, I love it. I love the dynamic of it. I. I Jennifer Anderson, I'm sure, is going to be great, but I love Reese Witherspoon, so I'm looking forward to watching that. And there's no rush because Apple TV is little stingy little bitches, and they only release one episode a week. Yes, I hate that. You know, I forgot you since you mentioned that. I am in season two of um, The Invasion on Apple TV. And? It's, yeah, it's, it's really good. Like, season one ended, they all ended on a cliffhanger, but... It, season one is very it's very slow. It takes a long time to get going because they're the, the earth people on earth are not quite sure that there is an invasion going on. Because oh. it's very subtle in different places around the world. But then by the last couple episodes, you're like, holy fuck, what's happening? And then by the last episode, you're like, whoa. And so then season two sort of picks up and it's it's pretty wild. So okay. I'm enjoying it. Have you started watching? I finished it a long time ago, but Survival of the Thickest. Have you started watching that? No, I haven't started watching that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that on Netflix? That's on Netflix. Yes. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try to. Okay. I'm gonna try to get to that. You know, what else? thirty minute episodes. You can kind of you you can get that through 
pretty quickly. It's funny. And of course, without, I mean, murders in the building, I, I, yeah. I will, I will rest on this. It is so fucking, and it's witty. It's funny. It's entertaining. It's engaging. I really like it. So um, they, of course, Hulu just releases one episode at a time. So those right. are stingy little bitches too. I pay you $7.99 a month. Give me everything. That's not bad. You know what else? You know what else just popped up on Netflix that we're gonna try to watch this weekend is Glow Up. You know the makeup show? Oh, that's back. Yeah, so there's another season of that, and I'm ready to once again resume my mantle as an expert on makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I just watched the first what they look like, and I fast forward through everything until they get to the reveal. <laughs> that's all. Wow, sir, we went. We have entertained our audience this week a little over an hour. I'm sure they don't mind, but um, I, as always, enjoy catching up with you and uh, having these conversations. So as grateful as I am talking to you, I guess we should probably let everybody go. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Love this podcast. Be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a review. Visit the episode description to find out how you can connect with the hosts on social media. Voice Memos is a production of Dear Dean Publishing. All rights and trademarks reserved. No portion of this podcast shall be reproduced commercially without consent. <laughs>